In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. To be disregarded or despised is perhaps, or perhaps some of the more painful experiences for us as human beings. You know, we've all had that experience of being on the receiving end of the cold shoulder, or maybe perhaps less uh, overtly, not being picked for the team at school, getting passed up for a promotion at work, watching someone else get that promotion or that job that we'd really like, we sometimes get disregarded. Sometimes people also don't like us, they despise us. And part of life, of course, as we grow up, is learning to accept that not everyone's going to like us, that sometimes uh, others will not treat us with the God-given dignity that we have or in accord with that dignity. And the truth is also that we don't always treat people with the proper regard either. We far too often forget people. We forget the unborn. We forget the immigrant. We forget the child or the older person in the nursing home. Sometimes we don't do it on purpose. and Sometimes we do. We have to, brothers and sisters, learn to accept the reality that we don't always treat people the way that we should, and the reality that people don't always treat us the way that they should. But we have to do that without losing hope, brothers and sisters, without thinking that the disregard or the despising of another person actually impacts our worth and our value as a human being. Have you considered, brothers and sisters, that God opens himself in creating us as free human persons? He opens himself to being in that state, to being despised and disregarded. Many disregard God today. We hear about it in the Gospel parable today. Some ignored the invitation. In another translation, it kind of says that they made light of the invitation of a king to come to the nuptial feast of his son. So they went to their farms. They sought human glory and prestige. Or they went to their businesses consumed by avarice. These two types of people ignored the invitation, but because they were simply too busy. They're too concerned with amassing things and stuff in order or to be able to see the true treasure which God wishes to give them, which the king wishes to give them. In another sense, brothers and sisters, they're working. They're working when they should be rejoicing. When a king invites you to the marriage feast of his son, you're called to rejoice. Instead, they totally disregard that invitation. The offense given is very large. To put it in our contemporary standpoint, 
If your best friend invites you to their kid's wedding and you don't even pay the invitation a second thought, but just kind of throw it away, you don't even take the 30 seconds to RSVP, no. That's a small, that pales in comparison to what these people did to the king. They despise the invitation. See, that's the next step. When we disregard God, we eventually come to despise him. Because the king in the parable, the people kill the servants because they represent the king. And the king for them represents a limit. A limit on their freedom. They believe that he will keep them from joy. Thus they wish to live as if the king did not exist. Brothers and sisters, God is often disregarded. And that disregard in our contemporary culture leads to despising Him. People may say they don't believe in God, but usually they also despise Him. Or put better, they despise what they think He is. Because if they knew what he, who He really was, they could never despise Him. But brothers and sisters, this is not a problem only for those who never darken the walls of a church. You and I, we often also disregard God, perhaps not intentionally and perhaps not in words, but in our actions. We simply sometimes don't care what he's doing or what he did. And I'm struck by that thought that as Christ, our Savior, was hanging on the cross, there were folks who were simply going about their business that day in Jerusalem. And perhaps they can be forgiven because they didn't know what was going on, but you and I know what goes on on the cross. And sometimes we choose to live as if God did not exist. Practical atheism, living as if God did not have an impact on my life. That's common. And it's common, brothers and sisters, not only in our historical era, in our historical time. It's a common trait of humanity all the way back to the beginning. When Adam and Eve fell from grace, they disregarded what God had for them and came because of that to despise Him. So what is God's answer to this? What does He do? In the feast, He sends out His servants again and then He calls once again to all those who are left on the roads afterwards. The cross is God's answer 
to the fact that we have disregarded him, to the fact that we have come sometimes to despise him. Brothers and sisters, God is sovereign. He's all-powerful. He did not have to die on the cross even to redeem us. He could have chosen some other way to do that, to bring us to salvation. But he chose to come for us men and for our salvation to die on a cross. He chose this particular way. So why? Why did he choose this particular way? Why was it fitting? St. Thomas Aquinas says that in the cross, in the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, it's fitting that God would redeem man in this way because man knows thereby how much God loves him. You see, we're bodily creatures, brothers and sisters. We need to see God's love for us. We know how much God loves us when we look at the cross and the continuation of the cross's sacrifice, the Eucharist, and is thereby stirred to love him in return. See, that's salvation, brothers and sisters. Loving God is salvation. Coming to love him. God wants to shake us from our stupor, to wake us up, from the everyday living of the humdrum world that we live in. Too often we think that we're made for this, the things of this world, which, though good, are not what we're created for ultimately. He created you and I for glory with Him. And He came to save us, to bring us to that glory but God who created you without your permission, he will not save you without your consent. See, God desires us to be freely acting cooperators in our own salvation. The wedding garment from today's parable shows us this. And one of the greatest gifts that I have as a priest is to be able to baptize kids and adults and whenever we baptize someone, we give them a white garment. The alb that I wear and the surplus that the servers are wearing, that's indicative of that white garment, brothers and sisters. They represent you. They represent all of us, the servers do at the heavenly banquet. They represent that white garment that we were given, the dignity that comes from the love of God has been poured into you and I's heart. We have charity. We have charity. We didn't earn that charity, but we can lose it if we choose to act against it, brothers and sisters. If you and I choose to dishonor the king, if we choose to say no to wearing the wedding garment, he has every right to throw us out. He doesn't want to, but he has every right to. God always acts for our good. He always gives us what we need. He never stops giving us a chance 
to receive and put on that garment. St. Paul says in the letter to the Philippians, my God will supply fully whatever you need in accord with his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. But will we put on that garment, brothers and sisters? Many are called, but few are chosen because some of us, some men and women, do not wish to come. They're too busy. Others, we know. We know the gift of God, but we don't act like we know it. We don't put on the wedding garment. The man in the parable, he refuses to put on that garment of charity. He has every opportunity to do so, but he refuses. He says no. My friends, hell is a real possibility. And I don't say that lightly, and I don't say that simply to scare us, right? Our actions, they matter. That's God's gift to us that we would be free to be able to do what we ought. That's true freedom. But it's also a radical possibility that we could reject the gift that God gives us. We don't like to think about that, but it's real. Even if we know the gift, we could choose to reject it. Brothers and sisters, it comes down to this. Will we let him love us? There is no sin too great or too small for God to forgive. God literally died on a cross for you. And he wishes you to let him love you. Will you accept his gift? Will I accept his gift? Or will we spurn it? He loves you. Period. Will you disregard him? Will I disregard him? Will you despise him? Will I despise him? Or will we receive him and be saved? 